for some negation, can't counter a siege rhino. So Matt, you're totally in the clear. And that's how you unlock the farm art. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Everyday Journal number 86. I just started, uh, decided to randomly start our show tonight as Callum was actually giving us some super deep insight into how to break legacy. Callum, hey, how's it going then? How's it going, everyone? We were just discussing late. Well, we'll get to another topic later, but force negation is being played everywhere. So siege rhino is the natural counter to it. So... um I'm excited to get to that portion, Boom. especially. <laughs> and you know, you can't have a podcast about Sea Trino without the one and only Matt Pavlik. Matt, it's been a while since we have had you on the cast, right? So, how have you been doing? Are you back to Earth? Is your is your mission finished? Can can we reveal your location again? Unfortunately, no. I'm so sorry. I am definitely not podcasting from my usual location, but it's okay. The internet here is. You're good. really not selling that, you know, special farces wipe that I'm trying to give you. I'm just trying to stay incognito. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously man how, how, how um, how's it been how, how are things and uh, let's assume british british columbia let's assume that's probably a good bet things have been good work has been busy the war on cavities never ends brush teeth kids i mean so we can bring some advice on breaking the teeth brushing meta game as well i mean i mean just do it twice a day put me out of business i dare you <laughs> And yet, still hasn't happened. So keep it rolling. Dude, when I was growing up, like in the 80s and 90s, the recommendation was three times a day. And now we've dialed it down to two times a day. Like I can't no. get people, some people to brush once a day. So if I say three, they're just going to give up. So like, let's let, we got to meet somewhere in the middle, right? Doesn't it feel disgusting in your mouth? Like if you get up in the morning and you don't brush your teeth? Like ugh. Correct. Strictly correct. <laughs> but these people are wrong and bad. So to all those who are listening, once in the morning, once at night, Otherwise, you're just putting money in my pocket. It's fine. I'll take your money. But, like, you don't have to do this. No, maybe we should make, like, a, a dentist podcast. Honestly, that's probably going to bring back some bad memories. I, I once dated a dentist. <laughs> and she was, like, my... my well, she was my dentist. <laughs> and that didn't end right. Hey, Nina, if you're listening to this, I'm not going to reveal anymore. Anyway, <laughs> Callum, how have you been? <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. Um, have you been, been brushing? Setting up, I've been brushing my teeth. I've been setting up a uh, everyday dentist eternal or something, whatever. Other than that... Nothing too exciting since the last one, unfortunately. Still been cracking on with some Warhammer and down that deep rabbit hole. Got to play some music recently, so I've got a band and we rehearsed for the first time in like six months or more, which was really cool. And yeah, with Eternal Weekend announced just today and yesterday, I've been thinking about what to play. And that's that's my uh, my shtick. What about you? Oh, I've been... Dude, I, I went so deep into Lego by now, I can't even deny it. Like, right, the... So I've got Warhammer, you've got Lego. We're, yeah, uh... and I it really struck me when this year for my birthday like a couple of weeks ago i got lego store coupons from like different people independently because they figured that's what julian does that's what julian wants that's what <laughs> julian talks about all day we're gonna give him lego coupons and honestly like honestly if wizards ever finds a way for people to i mean we're gonna talk about the walking dead and stuff later but i was ch i just realized for like 10 15 20 years i've been the magic guy and none of my friends ever gave me like a magic coupon or anything like that mm -hmm. because that's not something that exists, right? I guess you could go to your LGS and buy a coupon there. Yeah. But nobody ever did that because like non-magic people don't go to LGSs really. But <laughs> that, I just thought I, that's the just, perfect like, present for you. I didn't know it was your birthday. Or actually, I knew it was your birthday on the day. But if I knew before, I would have sent you one of each basic land and a back to basics. Damn it. <laughs> oh. That would have been sweet. But yeah, I mean, I guess people could gift like like ticks magic online ticks or something yeah it doesn't, doesn't i'll send you a siege rhino signed by me nice oh, in which language russian obviously oh okay. if you learn to pronounce siege rhino in russian i'm i'm actually going to be proud of that I'll no seriously <laughs> lots of lego i i bought an 8080 that's like the big walker from star wars 5 is that how much it costs uh, as well 
yeah, it was like it, it's supposed to cost like one hundred sixty dollars, but they heavily yeah. reduced it to like one hundred something, like well, really not like almost like a third of the price was gone, and I couldn't resist. Well, if it's a hundred, if it's one hundred sixty, that's two eighties, and it's called an eighty eighty, so it makes sense. Oh wow, that's pretty. <laughs> yeah, good. we're going there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's how you sell that stuff no then then i also got like a chinese pirate boat from 2017 that i could get for a reasonable price because like lego goes up in price like crazy i wanted to get like the imperial flagship which is it used it was like a hundred and something at the time and now it's like a thousand but yeah that's that's lego Dude, what? and then like more skate yeah like the prices for lego increase like crazy if you cra- get, i had like, no idea for some limited edition sets and older sets yeah for sure it's yeah, not, wow. not even, like limited edition just just like ships people love pirates people love ships people love like big awesome stuff and maybe like 20 years from now who knows <laughs> yeah i didn't know there was yeah, a market for that that's cool the thing is it's got to be in the box and unbuilt because nobody buys like the finished product right yeah yeah, yeah. and other than that um something that i've really enjoyed that i if you had asked me before i did it whether i would enjoy it i would have told you no this is stupid i hate that and that was edh I was invited to to our friend Rince, um, Pleasant Kenobi's stream, or, or rather YouTube, uh, where we recorded um, an EDH episode with like four people. And, uh, well, I played Elves. I actually don't remember what the other... Oh, he played Death in Texas. Caleb Durward played Reanimator. And Dukes on Twitch played Maverick. And honestly, I really, really enjoyed that. And part of that, for me, is I actually got to understand how to enjoy EDH. I don't think of it as a format anymore. I think of it as a board game. And when I go to like friends and I play a board game, no, no, seriously, like hear me out. When I go to my friends, we play like Settlers, Catan, whatever. And we we sit there, we have fun, we have some drinks, we eat some like, I don't know, crisps, whatever, uh, anything. Like just sit, hang out with your friends, have a good time. And it's not about, oh yeah, I gotta win tonight. I gotta play it really well. I gotta prepare notes. It's about the experience. And that's for the first time ever that I understood that that's what EDH is about. And I was actually invited to another episode. And I don't know when it's going to be revealed yet, but it's it was some craziness. That's I've got a sliver of hope it's soon. <laughs> it's, it's, you're onto something. That mm. that was one of the craziest episodes I've ever been to. Um, I, well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but check yeah. it out. Um, we're going to link it in the show notes. Pleasant Kenobi, Winston Chandler, and... Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. I've also been playing some Legacy. <laughs> yeah, finally playing some big tournaments again. And you've done okay at them, haven't you? So last, well, no, it wasn't last weekend. It was the weekend. Well, we've just had a weekend. I'm going crazy. This is Monday. Hey, hey. Um, not this weekend just gone, but the weekend before we had the Legacy showcases. Uh, well, the Legacy showcase challenge, and we had the vintage one and modern one, pioneer one. And um, why don't you tell us how your Legacy showcase challenge went? Yeah, that's quite a name, right? Um, I think Wizards has like a random tournament named Generator that just like showcase, challenge, qualifier, yeah. mythic, invitation. It just like they roll the, the dice and that's what comes out. So I do understand the. I read how it's all structured for Magic Online events. And I think I'd tell you how they work. And um, it took me reading the articles multiple times and I finally got there. And nobody can work it out. Um, Yamakila, the streamer, he actually wrote a thing and charged people to explain, to like, to understand how it all works. <laughs> it's genius grifting. Like, I think it was great. And I, if I didn't uh, know previously, I would have probably paid a few dollars to get it all laid out in a much easier to read way. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Challenges lead, lead into qualifiers into, yeah. You're that sage on the mountain that people like meet to understand the meaning of life, the universe and magic online. That's yes. how it works. 
Honestly, like I played in that thing and I'm still not sure what I'm qualified for, but I'm I got a top four, uh, which means mm-hmm. I'm qualified for the legacy show kind of qualifier, which follows the challenge. But yeah, we've we've made that joke a couple of times. It's it's getting old, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be another round, but I guess it makes sense because that qualifier qualifies you for another qualifier, which I think ten years down the line you will yeah. actually be able to like run for president or something. Just, it's, just it's, in it's case, it's a really any, weird system they have there. Just in case anyone is interested, um, it goes legacy showcase challenge is the first step. If you top eight that, you get a token which you can use to enter into a legacy showcase qualifier. That legacy qual- showcase qualifier, the winner of that gets invited to a showcase playoff. Oh my um, Jesus the- Christ! <laughs> it's, it doesn't end there. The the legacy showcase playoff, I believe, is like a special event where you have like a min prize of five thousand dollars. You have to have won the qualifier to be entered into this, and it's like a sixteen or thirty person tournament. I'm gonna get cut. I thought it was twenty four. <laughs> twenty four. There we go. I'm in the middle. And um, but once you get to that, it's a pretty big game. You get five hundred thousand dollars minimum, I believe. And um, yeah, from there, the winner gets an invite to Mox and the Pro Tour. Whatever that is now, they've changed how that all works. So I'm not sure about that end bit. Yeah, I think it might qualify you for the the players tour, which then qualifies you for the players tour final, which then can and the grand then qualify you for the <laughs> MPL, and that qualifies you for the grand finals or something. Yeah, there's like eight layers of bullshit to play tournaments. This is yeah. ridiculous. I've I've got. <laughs> I usually keep up with everything. Like I usually have an okay understanding, but I've just given up within the last year. I don't know. Magic Online I'll try to keep up with, but it's too much. I just wanted to play in that thing because it said, hey, you can enter with your QPs, which are the qualifier. Okay, that's a totally different story. I could enter the tournament for free, basically. Mm -hmm. And I figured, okay, that's probably going to be okay if I get some prizes. And yeah, got top four, playing Fs. Um, Let's just quickly go through the entire top eight so people can get an idea of what that looked like. So in first place, we actually have a big fan of the co- of the combo <laughs> of the <laughs> podcast Rambo Combo 2020, one of the biggest fans of Everyday Channel. They got first place with Canadian Threshold, straight up rocked over. You, you know they're f- they are fourteen years old. I've yeah. been playing Legacy longer than oh my god, I'm mm. old. Yeah, so. if you. If you get into legacy like really early and you understand everything, like I, I can totally see that. Like yeah. why would they not? Uh, yeah, second place we got Testacular playing elves knocked me out in the semifinals. That was that was not quite the match, <laughs> but great guy. I watched the stream like not while I was playing, but um, I've seen the stream and he even gave me some tips on how to play Valorant and stuff. Third nice. place we got Kai Savatari, or formerly known the, the the player formerly known as Kai Thiele. Um, friend from Berlin, he actually lived close to Munich at the time, now he lives in Tokyo, playing Doomsday. Really we actually cool have the same birthday, which is very important. That's why you have met on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do? Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, fourth place, we got this another elves, guys. So we got two elves in the top four. Uh, that's That would be me. Fifth place, we got the Power Nine playing A and T, not TES. They played A and T. They were like my only loss in the Swiss. Sixth place, Sakuragi, and then a whole bunch of numbers uh, playing Hogak. Seventh place, my zero zero twenty four playing Eldrazi Agro, which came down to be basically almost Eldrazi in Texas. Uh, it was more like on the Eldrazi side, but they had some Texas aspects. Well, you know what's and crazy about this deck? Uh, look what look where the chalices are in the side part. Yeah. And I have some theories on why that's good. So um, if every deck is playing Hogak and Abrupt Decays and like there's so many main deck answers to it, they've gone for fourth one Vamethyst in the main deck instead, basically. Mm. This means they get to play Source of Plowshares in the main deck for Delver because it's so popular and Uro, which they have a problem with. And then the Thorns make the Okos cost four, the Abrupt Decays cost three, just slows yeah, it all down. I like so that. 
really, really smart deck building. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, the yeah. thorns probably like have a much, big, especially with now elves also being much less vulnerable to chalice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I guess the thorns don't hurt elves, but but I get the overall idea that chalice in general doesn't have like that much value anymore. Yeah, so, this so is just you can just like drop it. Really out there, smart deck building. They also have a land, Matt. Do you know what it does? Because I wouldn't have known. Um, Shepherd Dunes. What in the sweet hell? <laughs> yeah, it's a desert. It it, it counts. As All a right, desert. we got a reader. So okay. it's gonna power your camel. Adds a colorless, pay one life, add a white, okay, pretty bad. Set two white, white, tap, sack a desert. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Well, this seems like a miserable card. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a dual land for them because it gives them the waste mana for the Eldrazi's, but it also gives them the white mana for, for yeah, the white spells. Yeah, it's definitely not bad for them, yeah. for everything else. Miserable. Miserable. I wonder how often the, well, well, I don't want to call it an ultimate, but that's what it feels <laughs> like ability comes up. I guess it's just like some extra value tacked on on basically a dual land, right? People used to play yeah. Caves of Cordis. Exactly. Um, like, um, you, you could either play the Caves and have an outside chance of casting, like, the Leyline of the Voids in the sideboard with Urborg and Caves, or you could play Shepherd Dunes and hope to activate it. But I have no idea which one comes up more. Probably, like, not to one times in... 50 matches <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a marginal lovely. value here exactly just just flip a coin and choose which one they also have a one of Urbuk tomb of Chakmoth, which would allow them to cast leyland but at this yeah. point I, I i probably honestly if you ask me i wouldn't even play the Urbuk. i'd probably play like the third wasteland but i was gonna say me. two wasteland seems a little i don't know i'd want to go a little heavier on the wasteland but that's i don't yeah. know Especially compared to Urbok. But yeah, I mean, overall, that, that's like some really smart stuff that's going on. That is, I really like uh, that Urbok's lot. pretty good in Eldrazi decks because it lets you use Ivugin for mana as well. So it's like three mana. And then Ancient Tomb uh, can tap for mana when you're, going, when you're low on oh, life. Oh, that's good. It's pretty good. That, that's Oh, yeah, yeah. The Ancient Tomb thing. That comes up so often. I think when I yeah, played them, yeah. that the Ancient Tomb also they, they drained them for like 14 or something. Exactly. They used to play like two or three Urbogs. So gone down to one now that they have like white producing lands, I think. But... It's pretty good in the deck, I think. Awesome. And then in eighth place, we have HJ Cloud playing, well, wouldn't you know it, Death and Texas. I thought this deck Is was it dead. Back? Yeah, allegedly, but yeah. so so do we call it like Reanimator or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, what's a bring? Yeah, I guess Reanimator works. But yeah, I, I think he was quite fond of Skyclave Apparition, right? Is, yeah, is that the card that's bringing uh, <laughs> Death and Texas back? Yeah, this card is just absolutely killer. It's so it's such a nicely designed card as well. It's so good for the deck. It's just a sweet card. And um, yeah, I really have to see XJ do well because he's obviously fantastic with the deck. Um, he has a few things different. Like, it's mostly stock. He has two Spirit of the Labyrinth main deck, which is a really nice nod to, like, Snow because it's, t- like, stopping... Astrolabes, Ice Fang sometimes, Uro and stuff. So it's well positioned. Also Elves. Elves as well. Yeah, because it always... Yeah, yeah. Elves is popular, so... Yeah, nice. Um, He has a sort of Feast and Famine on the sideboard as well. I guess there's another nod to Green being strong. Yeah. Yeah. It does, doesn't almost matter like what the effect is going to be. I, I guess the other option would be f- uh, sort of body and mind, which gives you two, two tokens and yeah. will your opponent, which isn't always ideal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least the sword here is like you can untap your ports and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's actually really sweet. Yeah. And they, uh, this card can come in handy, right? I would guess. Yeah. But um, yeah. Th- the reason it's the deck is like at least doing well again, I think, is Skyclave Apparition. It's so good. I think I saw him mention that either on Twitter or like in one of his streams that, that he, he's really, really into Skyclave Apparition. By the way, I think you mentioned that or somebody else. 
wizard should not be allowed to print a creature that has sky mm-hmm. in the name that doesn't fly. I mean, it's a spirit. It got it's got sky in the name. It's levitating in the artwork, and yet it doesn't have flying. Like that's yep. gonna fuck up at least me once. When we did our set review, I did a, like a PSA. Everyone, this does not have flying. The token doesn't have flying. <laughs> I remember that. It's bullshit. You can say the word. It's it's bullshit. But yeah, it is. It is not a flying. I even played. I was playing some cube with friends with friends last night, and um, I had it in my deck, and I, I attacked with it into a non-flying creature. So uh, yeah, even when you know it, it happens. So are they just using this to bounce like Okos and Uros, or not bounce, but you know what I mean, like remove, like like is that your primary target with this, or what's? Yeah, I, I imagine Oko is the main target, and it's a nice like icing on the cake that when the Skyclad apparition dies, it basically turns the Oko they get a 3-3 so it elks it essentially which is a nice little flavor text that's pretty good but um yeah yeah like the deck didn't have a way of taking oko out without council judgment or attacking it down and attacking oko down just takes so long mm-hmm. and so much damage that they can't put into them so um being able to just have a main deck easy way to remove it is insane yeah like, and it gets vile yeah and, and you can tutor for it with recruiter of the guard as well so that's what i was thinking you're just always going to have one it's it's so good yeah. yeah that's just like the kind of power level i really enjoy when they print new cards it's obviously not gonna be crazy and there is a serious drawback it just happens so that in the current state of legacy having like a random xx flying and uh, not even flying random xx creature doesn't really do too much and death and taxes especially is super well set up to like deal with vanilla creatures basically mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's something I really really like about the card. I I wonder if we're gonna see more of that. Like the, the the exciting part about it also is like if it dies, whatever you remove doesn't come back. It stays removed forever. So at the very worst case, you two for one yourself. But if you did that and uh, you don't even really two for one yourself, you're more like two for two yourself, and then your your opponent gets a random creature yeah. you don't care about. And then you can also like you can protect it with Mother of Runes. You can flick risk the token if you need to. Um, oh my god <laughs> yeah there's just a lot of ways you can deal with it it also has the old templating so i think you mentioned it on the set review as well where they had to wear it like this so it makes sense but you can put it in either casting it or a file uh, actually you need to cast it unless you had two vials and then in response to the first trigger you can vial in a flicker wisp flicker it it then gives them a token which is a zero and then it comes back in you get to exile two things so i imagine mm. that comes up a fair amount as well knowing that trick is very important yeah, yeah. We're so close to having like a playable spirit decks in Legacy. Yeah, it's also like a kind of relevant creature type because I see, uh, I don't know if he has Cavern of Souls. So, so XJ wasn't playing Cavern of Souls in the, in this build, but if you have it in the deck, like you name Core for uh, Stoneforge Mystic and Skyclave Apparition as well, like it, it carries across, or you can name Spirit for Spirit of the Labyrinth and Skyclave. So if you did have that. If you yeah. still cared about having our stuff countered. I feel like <laughs> when my stuff gets countered in Legacy, at, at least with Elves, First of all, it very rarely happens that relevant stuff gets countered, but I guess, yeah. Is that because of a certain one drop? Yeah, exactly, because we have Elisar <laughs> Shepard. And I don't want to go too deep into like my entire, entire run of the tournament, but it was like insanely smooth. I think it was two O's all around in the Swiss, and nice. then I got like a 1-2 against A&T. And then I got a 2-1 in the quarterfinals because, well, okay, I didn't play well, but that's always what people say, as, as if it like explains something. Oh, I didn't play yeah. well. Yeah, maybe your opponent also didn't play well, but he still played better, but yeah... You get you get the idea, right? I, I, don't I can't believe you thing. only got a two-one. It's pretty disappointing. <laughs> I might leave the podcast because of that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, that's so bad. <laughs> were, were there any no, uh, like actually interesting matches you played though? No, or was it just a no, knife butter? No, <laughs> no, you just <laughs> kill people. The thing is, 
the level to which Alosara Shepard has dumped down elves is obscene. Okay. I mean, elves is still quite technical, and I mean, you don't always have a matchup where Alosara Shepard matters, or you don't always have Alosara Shepard, and there's like certain things to consider with it. Like, you don't blindly slam it, but barely blindly, almost blindly. And there's just like matches, especially in the first game, when you don't, you know, you don't have to fight against Submerge. You go first against Delva, and then you drop your entire hand on the board on the second turn after they went turn turn one ponder, and you literally know there's fucking nothing they can do. And even if they play a Tarmogoy for what have you or anything, a Dreaded Arcanist, it doesn't matter because like on your third turn, you just heavily overrun them. Like it's over, man. It's totally over. Mm-hmm. And that's because previously you could never really dump your hand on the board on the second turn because of days. There was always like this this one thing that you couldn't do, and then of course you choose a completely different path to like maximize your stuff for turn four and stuff. Like basically with elves, you're sometimes like looking to to see where you will be peaking, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. and with Alessandro Shepard, you can just like peak as soon as possible, especially in the first game, and then there's just like nothing they can do. And the most obscene thing is if they actually have rough tumble after sideboarding, but you can like randomly tap your elves to generate six mana, and then you just make your elves <laughs> five fives, and they're like, okay, rough tumble, whatever, man. <laughs> That's such nonsense. I love it. And they even become dinosaurs, don't they? Yeah, they, they, they actually make that roar. Yeah. That sounds more like a chicken, I guess. You had a theory, didn't you, about how the card came about or how it does what it does? The, uh, the flavor, you mean? Yeah, I, I probably shot that like way too many times. But I can show, it's it's not like a theory. It's it's okay. like just it, random Julian it, thoughts. It, this is I, I guess it's now. A, it's as it's much a theory as gravity is a theory. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah gravity is not real, obviously. So, uh, okay, <laughs> I guess there's a different podcast for that. <laughs> 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 no, but the thing is, um, the way it works is the that Rose House Shepard is very much appreciated by the elves community because she's taking care of all the Alasaurus's. And nobody really knows why, like the, the younglings, the young elves, they grow up, they become like 200 years, they still don't understand why is everybody so fond of like the work that Arasara Shepard does. But then here comes the time of greatest need, say a rough tumble coming your way. And then the Arasara Shepard, he literally has to kill her baby. She, he literally has to kill her babies. No, she literally has to kill her babies. She <laughs> chops up all the Arasaurus's, and then she, she makes some super awesome Alosaurus stew and all the elves they feast on it and they're like nom, nom, nom. like all the while the, the rough tumble is approaching but the elves can eat pretty fast and they eat it and they become infused with this dinosauric energy and they rise up and because they ate so much dinosaur they literally become dinosaur in German we say du bist was du ist uh, you become what you eat uh, I guess that makes sense in English as well yeah. and that's exactly what happens to them so they, they absorb those allosauric powers nice. and at the same time they also become dinosaurs and that's that's what happens and of course the allosaurus shepherd also goes like goes to town like num, yeah, num, 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 and nice she i mean how, how, how much wine have you had <laughs> uh, now about 16 fahrenheits i think they would say in english 16 fahrenheits like half a glass okay that's, that's pretty good i think we need a bit more to start asking questions about like other cards I mean, I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, can I fit this card into NickFit? Can I? Oh, yeah. People have tried. Uncountable oh secret Oh, The price on this damn thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Legacy, Matt. <laughs> Holy fuck. What, what is it right now? Well, I just went on TCG Player, right? Because, I mean, what you know, what else am I going to do? And let's see. Market price normal, $100.52. Oh, the $0.52, cents, man. That's killing it. The $0.52 <laughs> cents has got me. 
honestly, like in Europe, we expect it to come down as the the, the set that's in is slowly released over here because mm-hmm. Wizards has had issues with that because of COVID and everything. So people expect it to come down a little bit. And honestly, like with how popular the card is, we hope there's going to be a reprint at some point. At the same time, I don't want stupid cards like this to enter the format, but I also don't want it banned because we already have like so much stupid stuff and then I just can't survive. So if it was to be banned, I want like seven other cards to be banned as well. But if you ask me for my objective op- um, opinion, Wizards, this is one of the stupidest cards I have ever played with in 15 years of playing Legacy. This is really... This is peak stupidity. This is peak bluntness. This is, and I love it because that's exactly what we read, need right, right now. But oh god, man! Stupidity yeah. to fight stupidity, right? That's the, it's the fire. Fight fire with fire. Yeah, but the thing is, um, I don't even want to be like, oh yeah, stupid, stupid, whatever. But the thing is, at some point, once you reach a certain power level in any format, and I'm not a format or card designer, but that's something I truly believe in. If you get to a certain level. The only way to fight that power level is with cards that say, you can't, you will not, can't be countered, can't be targeted, can't, 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 can't. And that's, in the long run, I think that makes for bad gameplay because you want people to still be able to do a lot of things and then see how those things match up against each other. Truly nemesis. Yeah, the, the more blunt the weapon, the more stupid whatever you do to well okay we're going back to stupidity i didn't want to use that word because that's such like i, I still like think trinity nemesis is one of the worst play pattern cards in the whole format even if it's not played much now i would prefer to be playing against ochre than true name any day honestly yeah that's an interesting thing right because there's there's like yeah. the dump bluntness versus just being overpowered but interactive and that's yeah. also why those band discussions that people always have they they don't really lead to anything because in a way, both both sides are right, mm-hmm. but they don't really fully acknowledge the other person's point. Like, Oko is quite interactive, like a Planeswalker is interactive, unless it, it can't be yeah, attacked or whatever. It, it's similar to, it has the Death Rite Shaman problem, where it's it's overpowered, it's just slightly undercosted, or its its abilities are slightly too good, but it's not that far over the envelope of, like, too good and stuff, and yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, Brand. Yeah, I still I still think the card <laughs> is fine in the format, honestly. It's not fun to play against. But um yeah, like I said, I I think Trino Nemesis is one of the most miserable cards ever printed. So um yeah, I, I can have some elks, I don't care, as long as I don't play against that. You know, back in my day, uh the only thing that had Super Shroud was a troll. Oh troll is on Murpho. That guy was amazing, dude. Yeah. Thrun? Or troll Yeah, it still died to troll Parish. That, that was the metagame that I loved the most. Like, you put Thrun to play to counter those decks, and then they had Parish, and it said you can't regenerate. And Thrun is like, oh, shit, I can't regenerate. Yeah, that Thrun burial dies. green creature's claws gets you every <laughs> yeah. time. Thrun these days would, like, you could cast it from the graveyard for three mana, and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and this cape cost is like you draw an extra card or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah yeah okay that's that's that um i want to talk about one more card uh looking back at the cards that we predicted to maybe have an impact on legacy and that is felida retreat you famously almost deleted it from our Mm -hmm. spoiler thingy uh, from our show notes only for me to put it back uh and yeah yeah, the the card actually i mean i think it has legs right we've we've seen it used i uh well like i've said to you a couple of times i'll put my hands up i was wrong about this card yeah, you predicted that it'd be good in like snow decks as like another like 
threat that's hard to interact with, especially in the mirrors. So it can't be replicated. It can't be pyroblasted. Can't be attacked. Can't be attacked. Yeah, it's it's legitimately super strong in the mirrors and probably against any kind of fair deck. And uh, we, we've seen it in Snow. Jarvis, you were streaming the other night with a Snow deck with, I think, one main deck, one sideboard. I asked him how it went and he said it was very good in the mirrors as you expect. He played two of them. So yeah, good call out and funny artwork. Yeah, I, I wonder if we're going to see more more of it. Um, I want to try. I've seen. I would love to give a um, a shout out and credit. I've just completely forgotten where, but I saw a Twitter post of, I think they were Italian. A uh, player posted a Naya like landfall deck, which looked sick. It was like yeah, Elvish Reclaimer, Knight of Rickery, two or three Felidar retreats, and then like Primeval Titan or two maybe. And it was just like landfall matters, but in a legacy power level, it looked awesome. So. That looks cool to try. Didn't they actually five zero with it? I think they four one. Four one. Okay. Oh, the yeah, like the Italians are getting really, really active on Twitter now. I think yeah, another one tagged it. me in his list where where he had like an Om, Omnath build. Omnath. Mm-hmm. Omnath. Omnath. The card that was just yeah. banned in standard today. Yeah, and probably like seven other formats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think in some formats it might be suspended. That's because that's what they do if they don't want to re like refund yeah. whatever you paid for it. Yes, but exactly. It's kind yeah. of funny how that actually works in arena. You um, yeah, it's it's been cards do get unsuspended, like the unsuspended um, burning tree emissary today. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. So it's if you're a two-two for two, you might get off the list again. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, Philadelphia <laughs> retreat. Super excited to see where that goes. Um. I also wanted to try it in like the Titan Stompy kind of list as well. The White Splash was already bordering on good because you could play Cyborg Source Plowshares and Knight is great in the deck, I assume. So definitely interested in like trying two or three there because you have Ancient Tombs, you have Mox Diamonds, so you could like power it out, then use Remnant Excavators to do fetch land tricks and stuff. So that's another cool way I want to try it. Honestly, Matt, this is the kind of payoff you should into look into in NickFet. Because with Nickfit, with Return Explorer, you could actually get... Okay, I guess Nickfit wouldn't really care about getting a bunch of tutus, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but it's not about necessarily the tutus. Having the 1-1 Vigilance on your creatures as well is pretty good. So, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm looking to rebuilding Nickfit. Um, Tomas Lachek has been uh, has been on my case about getting back into playing Nickfit. And he's like, Siege Rhino's garbage. You just need to, like, stop playing Siege Rhino and don't even... Just forget about it and, like, get into the program. <laughs> I'm like, no, I will never give up on Siege Rhino. Dude, I would actually pay good money <laughs> to hear you guys discuss Siege Rhino because Tomas, like, good friend of ours... Ever since he left Miracles, like top Miracles, or or rather top Miracles left him <laughs> by force, he's been so deep into into the cult of Nickfeld, I guess. And man, we gotta get him out at some point. I don't. I know, mean, man. he realizes that the power level is there, and he's like tuning like with village rights, and he's going real deep. He's doing well. He's doing well. Nice. But uh, you know, in the local uh, Prague legacy community, so um, we might have to pull him onto the cast and maybe. Yo, do no Nick- disrespect for Prague, man. <laughs> No, I mean, um, we might have to pull him onto the cast, pull him out of the darkness, and uh, and uh, pick his brain a little bit. I'd love to. Awesome. Maybe, maybe do a Nickfit cast. <laughs> Everyday Nickfit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, and speaking of uh, picking somebody's brain, I would love to have Mark Vogt on the cast in future episodes. Maybe uh, Mark is a good friend of ours. Uh, he, for those who don't know, like Mark, Mark was. Probably like the, one of the very first people I met on Legacy ever when, once I got into format. And last year he actually won the, the GP Bologna GP. And now he's back on Magic Online. I think he took a hiatus from Magic Online that lasted like, 
I don't know if it's five or ten years, but I feel, it felt like he took a hiatus forever. But now he's back and he's doing really, really well in Magic Online. He just won the uh, the latest Legacy Challenge playing Barnt Miracles. Surprise, surprise. Uh, list is somewhat straightforward, except for, I want to say, like three choices. First of all, the big one, he's got Carpet of Flowers in the main. That's a big game. That's a yeah. big game. <laughs> Dude, that card is... is Mark always has these things. Uh, I remember when he when he ended up cutting like some salts of plowshares from miracles at some point and played pyroblast main back when it wasn't really a thing. But he figured that pyroblast is more useful in more matchups than salts of plowshares. And I guess that's the same reasoning he has for carpet of flowers. That card is like a really big deal. So I wonder how common carpet of flowers in the main is going to be in in the well, time to come. <laughs> I mean, that's the Jeremy Edwards special around here. There's a gentleman in Seattle was playing a deck. I can't remember what deck he was like. Was it a Maverick or something like that? And he was playing like two or three Carpet Flowers in the main deck, and this would have been maybe about two years ago, and he was crushing people. It was great. Didn't he play Enchantress? I, I remember that Enchantress. At yeah, he definitely times. used to play Enchantress, but he also plays a bunch of different decks as well. Isn't he actually ESG? Yeah, he is. Is his nickname? Yeah. Oh, see? Oh, man. I know my legacy old school does. Anyway. <laughs> the second card that I find super interesting is Archmage's Charm. And actually, damn, I didn't put it up. I, I figured I know what it does, but I, now i got to look it up. Is I know it, it can one see the counters a spell and one yeah. takes control of something? And I don't know. Yeah. You can yes. counter a spell, draw two cards, or you can take a pwn with mana cost one or less. So you can steal a Merit Lage. You can take their Carpet of Flowers. Da-da. Yeah. <laughs> you can take Vials, Delvers, Carpet of Flowers, Merit Lages, Chalice, if you want. <laughs> Halfway through that sentence, you're like, uh... <laughs> Mother yeah, that, that, that card yeah. was rumored to be legacy playable when it was first printed, uh, or but then people didn't really play it even though it was mostly like anorag and marcus just running around in circles screaming <laughs> <laughs> but but you get that on any like triple blue instant yeah i mean the card is so sweet come on and i guess i'm talking I to l like allosaurus no, I like and the card. nick fip i like the card yeah. quite a lot you can actually yeah. steal your opponent's uh Lazarus shop out of it that's actually kind of kind of sweet <sighs> yeah and <laughs> yeah. oh my god there's a sharknado yes Shark Typhoon is so good. I'm surprised he has like only one, but actually I guess it's not been showing up too much. It's it's kind of solidified itself as like a roughly two of in these uh, super late game grindy Oko Uro based decks. I think uh, Chase is often playing two in his either Yorion builds or not. Uh, Anorag's often played two in Snow. I think Anorag actually cut Ice Fangs for more Shark Typhoons as well because they do pretty mm. similar things. Nobody's looking to block creatures anymore because creatures either they die before they can attack and if they do get to attack, you just win the game. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not doing the blocking thing because if I blo- if you're blocking, you're losing. I think that's that's like how it's working Legacy right now. Yeah. I mean, Mark's also got two Terminus. We haven't seen Terminus in so long. It's just, I don't know, kind of, I kind of honestly forgot it existed. It's funny. I feel bad, but... It's yeah. still etched in my nightmares, but that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. When was the last time you saw Terminus, Julian? I guess it's a bit of a concession to how weak the deck is to Tribal. Imagine this deck without Terminus. I think Elves, Goblins, walks all over it. Like, especially the main deck. Yeah. I mean, you can always get some kind of starts where, like, the Tribal deck struggles, and then you sort the Plowshare something important, or Force of Will twice and something important, get Uro going, or Planeswalker or something. Those starts exist. But on average, I would expect, at least let me speak for Elves, for Elves to heavily walk all over this. 
Yeah. Uh, after sideboarding, he gets some stuff against tribal. Like, is it uh, is it static cast stuff that works? And canonist against it. elves. Canonist against elves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't think even terminus is. I don't know. It's actually quite good against Muxus, but against goblins in general, I used to cut terminuses against goblins. Like, you need it's to. It's not sword, how you're winning, right? You need to sort their ringleaders because you can't put them back in their deck because they just make room for them again. It's awful, <laughs> but it's lovely as well at the same time. But that's the kind of strategic depth that I really enjoy to a matchup, where the matchup is so deep. Yeah. You think about stuff like that, like the ringleader being put back by Terminus, so you actually have to exile it. That's the kind of legacy I love and I want to see. It took me like probably six months of playing quite a lot of miracles against Goblin players in London to realize I keep dying to ringleaders being searched by matrons again. So I had to sword the ringleaders over the war chiefs and then terminus everything else. It was very interesting though. I'd love to have asked him how it performed because again, like I said, we haven't seen it for a while. Maybe people are just not playing around it anymore, which would make sense. Like if I was playing against uh, generic band miracles and if I didn't know the list, I wouldn't be playing around terminus. You wouldn't? I would. I, I don't know. Yeah. I th- effectively, I was like always still at two or three of. Really? Maybe I'm wrong. Like you're deeper into, into that kind of community right now. Well, uh, but The thing is, I look at the cards in thing. the deck. There's just no way to know this is not like your classic snow. It's it's the same deck. It's it's We're calling it you Miracles, Snowco? but it's it's snow. Just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like basically like Snowco, right? right? It, it is I mean, But that's always been terms. the thing about like Snowco and, and Band Miracles, right? They always looked like pretty similar. They're the same deck. I don't know. The people that call them different know. are... Like, I don't know, man. You joke my line. Like <laughs> the Snowco, they usually don't play white. Yeah. Like the Snowco lists, they usually play like red no, or do. black. I mean, they do sometimes they play, play swords. five color. They play swords, yeah. I think we're quibbling over semantics here. But anyway. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, no, I think the Snowcode lists are like quite different. Like Snowcode, they I, I often see stuff like Dreaded Arcanist in Snowcode. Oh, that's it's just like they don't play Deva. That's something different. I don't know, man. <laughs> anyway, what is also interesting, he has two Jace the Mind Sculptor. Jace is back. When was the last time you saw a Jace? I guess you need more ways to put Terminus on top. That's a way to do it. You have he has four brainstorms, four ponders, of course. He has like one preordain. Other than that, he has a Sylvan Library. Other than that, he has no ways to like set the Terminuses up. So. I can see the Jace is being important to at least like carry on with uh, the Miracle game. Oh, and speaking of Sylvan Library, um, since we just talked about the differences, I think the biggest difference between like Action Snowco and this is that Action Snowco has Black for Abrupt Decay and also Plague Engineer, which is like the card that always gets me in a play against them, and this one doesn't. That's true, and that's true. Mark mentioned that the biggest thing about not having Black is not having access to Abrupt Decay. So Sylvan Library on the other side of the board is a like big, big deal. Especially in matchups where you don't really want to bring in Wilt. I guess you can cycle Wilt uh, if, if it ever comes up. Yeah. And you, you don't need to kill Seven Library. But yeah, that's that's something that he mentioned he's really scared of. And yeah, Seven Library has... I think one of the trends that we saw in Legacy over the last six or seven months is that people didn't really play too many Seven Libraries anymore because it was like getting landing a Haymaker early and protect it and then ride it to victory. And if you like if you spend your second time playing Sylvan Library, then you gotta play a really defensive game, right? Then you really gotta stop their Haymaker and then in the long run you can leverage your Sylvan Library. And I guess he kinda is trying to do that, right? He's playing seven forces, which I was super excited for, but just as we talked about it, you told me that that's actually a pretty common thing, or at least used to for a while. Yeah. To me, it was like super exciting because I've known this kind of deck to play like four forces and then two Force of Negation, and then that's it. But Mark is actually playing four Force of Negation in the main deck, and three Force of Wills. And he mentioned that hardcasting the Force of Negation 
actually comes up quite a bit, which is, I guess, the reason why why he's playing four of those and only three forces. Yeah, I guess the like seven forces is not super uncommon. Before force negation is, and three forces of will is. So that's 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 the splitting hairs bit. So this is it is quite unusual. So um, I haven't seen three force of will since I think the last time I saw three force of will was when someone did well at a GP when death threat shaman was legal. Uh, it's been quite a while ago. So yeah, it's it's the three force of wills which is unusual. So I guess he's just saying I I don't care about creatures because he has the four source plowshares, three ice fang coils, two terminus to mop up creatures. And so if you're just countering non-creature spells, which I could definitely see this build doing, then Force Negation is going to be often better. You don't lose a life, you can hard cast them as he says. The hard cast things come up all the time, even for Force of Will in these kind of decks. So yeah, it does make sense. I feel like you lose a little bit against Delver because you do want Force of Will for the Arcanist sometimes, but... um. Dude, hasn't that been like the discussion of the last couple of months where people are like, no, Delva is favored. It's like, no, Snowco is favored. No, no, Delva is really favored. <laughs> it's like, no, uh, I, I just like, I sit there as a somewhat outsider to that matchup because I like, if I play the decks, I probably play them an equal amount. And it's, I don't know, man, it's just like the Delva stereotype. The Delva considers themselves favored against everyone, but then also everyone considers themselves favored against Delva. It's like Schrodinger's Delva. It's, it's oh, yeah. weird. Delver player says, I'm 65% against the field. You know, it's pretty much the best deck in the format. The yeah, <laughs> Delva player will tell you that they're like 60-40 in the mirror, and you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just better, you know. There was there was an amazing thread on Reddit recently where someone said, like, what beats Delva? I want to know. And I think every single legacy deck down to tier three was listed in the comments. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I think that might actually be the most common question in legacy in the history of legacy. What beats Delva or the is is Temple Nick in general? Nickfed beats Delver. Oh, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> We're gonna have our first to ten Matt playing Nickfed against some uh, against Daniel Gutscher and Delva, and I want to see how that's gonna go. It's probably gonna take something like twenty days. So you probably couldn't even like fully fully play it out or something. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's just like a random thought here. Um, yeah, that's that's the the forest, the Barnes No Miracles deck. Uh, if you want to take advantage of that kind of deck, you can do it. It's just so that the meta game right now doesn't really look to take advantage of this kind of heavily like at this point I'm, I'm i'm willing to call it a control deck right i'm always like oh people call their mid-range deck a control deck but here i'm down i can call this a control deck yeah this is very much a control deck i for mean me. jace jace does make a difference as well so yeah. it has it has more threats than usual but jace is an end game which changes the dynamic and how of how a deck plays like with seven forces especially the forces negations you're like kind of hoping to just slam jace force whatever they cast especially if it's an oko to like threaten a three three to kill the jace um it's it's kind of like it's control but it's tap out in the way that you you, you can tap out because you have forces but then when you untap the force negations are very castable so it's actually reaping the rewards of both worlds of draw go yeah. and being able to tap out so it's tapped into that area of things you mentioned it has more threats and the thing is like if you think about oko oko in effect like it really is a phyrexian arena that instead of losing one life, it actually gains you three life. And mm. then it also happens to six your opponent every turn. Yeah. So it's more like a Phyrexian Arena that happens also to be a threat. But yeah. It, <laughs> also, just kill, it also just kills very fast. Like this is why I think Oko is so scary. It's not not really the threat of elking everything, which does happen quite a lot. But like if you try and play the slower game against these things, Oko will come down and like be attacking you for nine on the second turn, it's down. 
kills very quickly. Oh, did I say Oko? I meant Uro. Uro, okay, Why are those fine. names so similar? Ah, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> those names are way too similar. I meant Uro. <laughs> you can just say one of the Simic monsters, the longer they stay in play, the more advantages they get. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the theme. That's what Wizards was going for, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what we we're talking about here. Um, something I also want to touch on now is Secret Layer Walking Dead. The most talked about. Dear thing. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I guess I'm quickly gonna go about what it actually is in case you guys don't know yet, because there might some be some people. And then I would actually like to hear explicitly Matt's Matt's thoughts about that before before we discuss it so walking dead uh, apparently it's like a series that's in, in the 10th 10th season now but it's way past its prime so <laughs> i guess that was always oh, was like yeah now we gotta go for it that's that's our sweet spot no so that sounds like they, yeah they printed a secret layer which means you buy it directly from wizards i think it's like is it like 50 or 60 dollars something like that it's only um, uh, available for a limited amount of time i think you can only buy it today and then it's gonna be gone and it has a bunch of cards in it and we would think that those cards are not playable because that, that's like always a bad thing right when when there's like a very limited amount and a very limited supply of those cards and i think they are also only available in north america or something and if those cards end up being playable that's a problem i guess now i'm already going to judging them but yeah <laughs> that's that's what the cards are um not gonna go off about Actually, yeah. So, Matt, what do, what do you think? Of, have you looked at the cards? What do you think about them? Um, I've I've briefly seen a few of the cards. I have I don't have them sitting here in front of me uh, to critique. However, here's what I will say in general about something like this. I think this is ridiculous. I think this crossover shenanigans is absolutely ridiculous. As a special edition, whatever, not tournament legal, nothing commemorative bullshit to sell more things, whatever. Honestly, it's ridiculous. I just hate it. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a curmudgeon old man, but we need to we need to keep our things separate. I mean, I stopped watching The Walking Dead after the season at the farm because that thing just dragged forever, and they could never win me back. And and just now, just now. I like how you called it secret layer. What what was the exact phrasing? Commemorative bullshit. Yes, dude. One day I want to work for Wizards and I just want to submit that as the, the word for one of our <laughs> supplemental products <laughs> and we'll see like how, how the community reacts to that. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, I, I, I don't know. I think that they should be just. They, they've got other fish to fry, and apparently they just have too much time in their hands, and they just want to push out more product for something that really, as we talked about, the height of this was what eight years ago, eight years ago, six I, years I know, ago. I watched it. I wouldn't know. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Breaking Bad was still on when that show started, so like, it's been a while. Ooh, okay. It's been a while. I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys think? I don't know. I kind of agree. Like, I don't like the idea. I don't think they should be doing it, as everyone says. I There's just really no need. I think the point you made about, like, why The Walking Dead? It's not really going. No one's watching it. No one's hyped about it. It's not a thing to be involving in magic. I, I don't get that part of it. On the flip side, people are, like, losing their shit, and I get it's setting a bad precedent and i don't think they should be doing it to be clear but at the same time people are going crazy about these legacy playable cards and yeah some people have five owed leagues with them and humans but these cards are not good they're not generally legacy playable cards i i feel bad because people might want them for commander this is there's a very different thing so 
in that case, precedent's bad. But the people saying like, oh, these cards are playable in Legacy, this is a, a, a four-man threat for a niche deck humans, which, yeah, it's probably quite good there. Cool. And then we have like Glenn, which is like a Wisp Selkie, whatever it's called. Cold Eye Selkie. I, I don't know. I could go on a rant about how people just kind of want the opportunity to get worked out about something. This is not Legacy's problem. These cards are not really Legacy cards. This is a commander player's problem or setting a bad precedent problem. But I don't think this should be spilling over into outrage in the Legacy community other than them caring about Magic as a whole rather than specifically Legacy. That's so. kind of where I stand. I mean, I just want to be upset about something. Yeah, if you want to be upset about something, this is perfect because it's completely bullshit and it shouldn't exist. But there was a, a lot of upset in the Legacy community about how Legacy players might have to buy these cards and Glenn could be played with like equipment and stuff and it could revive Blue-White Stoneblade. It's a 3-mana 1-1 one, one or a 2-2 two, two or whatever and it needs to attack and stuff and it's it's just bad. I don't know. So I think I think a lot of the outrage was directed wrong. But um, yeah, like I said, if you want to be angry at something, this is perfect. <laughs> what about you, Julian? But I, I perceived it quite differently from how you apparently perceived it. Like to me, the thing is, and how I understood people is that these cards touch on being playable. And that's already getting a lot of people alarmed about it. It doesn't even matter whether they're going to be like mainstays in the format. The very fact that we see them and we discuss them and we consider them and we see them doing well in both Vintage and Legacy is what's getting people alarmed, right? It's not necessarily about those current cards because as they are printed, I agree. They are like niche playable best, even though I like I'm I'm pretty, pretty sure that Glenn is going to be a really good thing in Vintage just because how it's worded differently from... from uh, different cards that, that had that kind of effect uh, in the past mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's like a minor thing just, just, to, be, just to be clear i this is like part of what i mean by setting a bad precedent they are they are like close to being playable i'm not saying at all that they're a, a fine idea but yeah that my rant was about other stuff but yeah sorry carry yeah. on yeah like i i agree when people like specifically get in and say oh this is horrible for legacy uh, I think that's surely not the case. I, But it does scare me to the extent of, well, is there going to be a secret layer in somewhere down the future that I will have to buy to play my deck? Or like if if, if I decide like two years from now, I want to play, I don't know, humans. And then it turns out Rick is actually going to become like a stable two-off in humans. And then that card is going to be like 300 euros or something. They have to buy two of those. I don't think that's happening with Rick, but we've set a pre pre precedence where that could happen even though mark rosewater we, we gotta say that mark rosewater said on i think his blog that they can always reprint those cards if if that becomes a thing the thing that makes me a little bit eh on that is that they never really did do, did do that enough for for example modern which was created as the solution to legacy in the reserved list in a way they're like hey we can reprint all the stuff in modern and then modern still was like super expensive for most of its lifetime and yeah i get i get i get that modern is still kind of alive oh, wow, okay <laughs> yeah but it does scare me too. Also, like, have you looked at Rick? There's guys wearing jeans and carrying around guns and stuff. Like, yeah. which kind of set are you going to reprint that? It's like, is that going to be in the next Ravnica or something? The, like, the artwork. Well, they won't reprint that literal card. I think what they meant is they can print the cards with different names and different artworks, but functionally the same. Oh, so like a super breach of the reserved list that doesn't apply to Rick, I guess? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would make sense. The only thing is like, okay, for these cards, it doesn't matter. But I guess if, if they did that for something like Brainstorm, now we got Mindstorm and it's the yeah. same. And... Well, this is why they use the word functional, right? Like if they say they can print a functional reprint, 
yeah, I think, I think it means they can play eight of those. Else. Yeah. I'd also like to point out, like, secret layer cards historically. This, this is the first, uh, like, new ones for them, so it could be completely different. But uh, secret layer cards have not been expensive so far. Even when you've had um, staples and stuff, like, the cards are 15, 20 euros or so on Magic Card Market, as far as I could see. And these, these like, Rick is pre-ordering at, like, 40 to 50 euros and Whoa, um okay rick is like 30 25 30 so yeah pricey but these are pre-order prices as well and, and if they became good like i don't know i don't know what the print run is i i don't but think it's already it... over you, you order today or you're not gonna get them yeah true okay, like fine. literally today like october i think it runs out today yeah oh jeez. see that, basically the way works is you have like a window of like sometimes only just a day but i think for these ones it was a little longer like a week or two where you can order them and then you can never order them again, which is like the scary okay. part. But I mean, that's yeah. also how it works. Like as a content creator, when you do t-shirts, that's something I learned. I've never done that, but I've seen others do it and they told me it's successful. Like when mm -hmm. you sell t-shirts, you only make them available for like two weeks and then people will buy way more than if they were always available. So you you create the sense of scarce, scarcity, yeah. scarcity. It's scarcity. like the Costco <laughs> problem, right? You're like, oh my God, if I go back to Costco, it might not be here next time. I better buy it now. <laughs> So to me, overall, like I, I really don't give a fuck about that those cards. I, I, honestly, I, I think Rick actually is like a really cool card, and I love that Glenn is doing exactly the kind of thing I want to be doing in Vintage. Um, I am actually the one posted a really sweet list that I'm gonna link. It's basically Noblefish, but with Glenn. It has four Noble Hierarchs, four Kosali Bright Mages, and then three Glens. So I'm actually like reasonably excited for that card. And since I'm definitely not gonna play Vintage and Paper anytime soon, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost want to say whatever, but I mean, there's people being affected by this, so it's not whatever. But yeah, I think that the issue is a much deeper one, and that's everybody's somewhat disconnect from Magic because of how much new stuff and content Wizards has been pumping out over the last couple of years, actually. That's not like something related to their fire philosophy, which is like people blame everything on fire, but that's really just like something about l gameplay and stuff. It's not about you volume. Fire philosophy? Yeah, philosophy of fire if it's something different that's like deck building right you you want to, but that that's a different thing yeah the, and they have that the, thing. the words for it are fun interactive replayable and engaging i think oh okay. entertaining and, and it's, something like that and it's an excuse to print they've just like since they put that philosophy in, philosophy in place they've printed all the really busted cars that everyone hates so oh perfect yeah that's yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i read about that oh where was it like i could say reddit but i think it was somewhere else somebody posted like a report from hasbro actually which said which says that by now wizards of the coast is really 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 carrying hasbro like big time because it's the only thing that's really like growing and generating even more money for hasbro and everything else is down and then hasbro apparently set out a goal that wizards needs to double their revenue in a five-year period and that started last year so by now we're in the first year of that and four years from now they they need to double their revenue from last year, basically. And that comes down to what? having to grow. Yeah, that comes down to having to grow 15% each year because that's how, I guess, growth rates work. They, they, they Yeah, uh, let's not get too deep into the mathematics of that. But on average, they need to grow 15%. And if you know anything about economics, and like I'm not a master of economics, but I know quite a bit about it. And actually, I have a master. Uh, anyway. <laughs> actually, I am. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just remember. I forgot that I was yeah. a master. <laughs> Fifteen percent growth in like a business this old, unless you do something insanely new or you like come up with something super new and amazing, that's like insane. It it's is. absolutely insane. 
and especially over a five-year period every year. So apparently from what I read, they actually they hit that quota in the first year, which is the even crazier thing to me. And I yeah. guess that's just like part of what they're doing there. If you ask me, they're kind of milking LGSs for the money because this kind of stuff would have been like sold through LGSs and they would yeah. get the cut and stuff. This is like um, probably my least favorite thing about this. They are just cutting out stores and have been doing it for a while. Like there's so many products you can buy online just through them and stuff. Like this is the whole point of a distributor. You you create something and then you sell it to your resellers and then you have a deal with them that you won't sell it because you will tell that your customers to go to them because that's your deal with them and you read a, reach, reach a wider audience. Like, but here they're just cutting that out and you know, stabbing them in the back or however you put it. So. That's another reason to hate these secret layers and special products and stuff. I mean, when the stores yeah. are already having a hard enough time anyway, and then you just yeah. go and fuck them. It's off. just a slap in the face. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, this we is actually key. had a question from the Discord since you touched on um, uh, this kind of product in the first place. Uh, we got a question from uh, Multiman. Should we ban supplemental proto sets from Legacy and Vintage? This way, we don't have to experience True Name Nemesis or Alosaur Shepard or the inevitable Pickle Rickle secret layer ever again. <laughs> Pickle Rickle. So how, how do you guys think about that? I don't think so. I mean, so I think Legacy would be a better place without them. I guess that is me saying yes, actually. <laughs> I say no, yes. I, I don't know. It just feels weird. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like the right criteria to ban something. I mean, back in my day, we didn't allow Starter 1999. Oh, really? the format and portal and oh yeah that has been something that has been done in the past i think it's like i think they just have to figure out like where do they want to release legacy playable cards right yeah you know if you want to do some sort of silver bordered special edition garbage for example i don't know what show is popular now. that's my little pony man dude my, my little you might have little... missed that but there literally is magic my little pony. i don't even think there, so there, it is. i think you're lying <laughs> to me princess Google it. it exists yeah it's, it's real. Anyway, I don't believe you. But anyway, that's um, I'll look this up later and I'll probably be disgusted. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, my point is, like, you could easily do, like, if you wanted to do this supplemental, like, milking people garbage, you just do silver-bordered cards and then you're good because then you don't have to worry about it, right? And if they want to release legacy playable stuff in a special edition, whatever, then you still keep it black-bordered, right? Or you just release it in a regular set and you're like, oh, obviously this card is going to be terrible and standard, but obviously this is meant for legacy. Like they just have to figure out where they want to release those cards. And then you just figure out what you're going to not allow or allow. I don't know. Like, I don't think you have to say like, Oh, all supplemental product is going to be off limits. It's just, they need to figure out and be consistent in where they're going to release those cards. Consistency yeah, I, is key. I, I agree with that. I like this secret layers stuff. They could so easily be silver boarded. Because they're really marketed towards either the casual player or EDH to have like new editions of cards. Like until this new set, this uh, Walking Dead one, all the cards have just been reprints. So it's not like competitive players need it. So yeah, they could very easily be secret uh, silver boarded. I think I saw either like a Marrow Twitter que uh, Tumblr question or something from Aaron Forsyth where they said, I think it was Aaron Forsyth said silver border is Marrow's baby and he does with that <laughs> as he pleases. So maybe it's like kept strictly to be the joke sets i'm not sure so if you ask me i think those like generally supplemental sets should be legal for legacy and vintage because both formats they're kind of like their soul is being this beautiful accident of whatever happens in matching and then we deal with it and if it's really horrible that wizard's gonna step in and save us eventually but that, that that's just like the the way the format always had an appeal to me 
and I kind of want to keep that. I also, and that's the big part, I want to keep that avenue open for Wizards to specifically release eternal relevant cards, even though they, like, they fucked up big time in the past with a couple of those cards they designed this, um, Directly for Eternal uh, Mental Mystic, for example. <laughs> Even though, honestly, like my, the Mental Mystic area, I, I don't hate it. I, I enjoyed myself quite a bit throwing it. But I'm, That was I'm damn good magic, no matter what anyone says. That's true. It was really good magic. It's Yeah, I, I, got, I gotta say, it was really good. I, I, I didn't come into this podcast thinking that I would defend Mental Mystic, because I'm happy it's gone, but it was good magic. So I want to keep that avenue open. I want, I want Wizards to be able to, re- to release those sets, but once it goes too deep down the rabbit hole of crazy things like Princess Sparkle and stuff just make that silver bordered or do anything but don't like make it legal for legacy or vintage I know it's hard to draw a line and I think especially the Walking Dead thing is like right in between those two and it's going to be hard to draw a line but yeah if if you ask me I want to keep supplemental sets um, legal for legacy and vintage Oh my god, you guys weren't fucking kidding. There are my little comic <laughs> Don't look, don't look, Matt. <laughs> Matt, have you ever Googled um, My Little Pony Power 9? Because there's a guy who's got beta power. Yeah, and I've altered. seen that. That's, that's see, old everybody's news. Seen that. that's, that's old <laughs> and I was like, okay, to, if, I mean, you're allowed to be done with your money, right? Like, you're, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Even if you're wrong, you're allowed to do it. But this is ridiculous. Anyway. Is that what you tell people when they come into your office and they were like, I want all gold teeth? Like, give No, me that's what I try teeth. to tell them to do. And they're like, no, no, I want the white crown. And you're like, well, you're dumb, but okay. I guess I'll just replace this in five years and you'll pay me again. <laughs> and it's like, I can't tell you what to do with your money except for the fact that you're wrong. Oh, well. Okay. And then you just kind of you just kind of move on with your life. But anyway. one, one of these is pretty powerful. It's a two-mana flying and other unicorns, horses, pegasi, ponies, and unicorns you control get plus one, plus one. It's like a rake. It's pretty good. Well, and then what's her can, name? Uh, Princess Twilight Sparkle. Oh, of course she would be. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. She's so dreamy. <laughs> no, Flut- Fluttershy is the dreamy one. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm is... not a brony. <laughs> can we and... actually do a uh, question session for next time if people actually have, like, dental questions? I would love to do it. Okay, if you if you want to submit your dental questions to our military special forces doctor, Matt, uh, definitely submit your dental questions and we can go over... You can actually submit them anonymously. Uh, yeah, yeah of course, of course, anonymously. I don't want people to... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be too scared to be like, oh, I don't want to submit something. Oh my god, I'm flipping through all the stuff that you sent me. How many Arastas did I order? I feel like I've counted like 16 Arastas of the Endless Web. This is amazing. <laughs> I don't even know what it does, but I remember you ordering one card like so many times that it actually made me go online and check whether there's like something I missed. Yeah, is there a spike? I'm pretty sure I messaged a friend of mine. Did I miss something? It's a spider, right? Yeah, yeah it's the it's the enchanted yeah. spider. It's the anti delta I, I messaged spider. a friend of mine like, what's going on with spiders and magic right now? In positive news, there's actually going to be Eternal Weekend Online 2020 on Magic Online. Uh, I'm really excited for that because we kind of were thinking Wizards maybe was going to do that. I think there were some news that somewhat leaked like a couple of months ago, but nobody really had any information. But now Wizards actually released that and there's going to be three events each. And if you don't know what Eternal Weekend is, I guess... Honestly, I'm going to mention that because most people in Europe, they didn't know what it was until it came to Europe and then they still didn't know it. (laughs) So it's supposed to be the biggest celebration of Eternal formats and magic every year. And the winner gets like this, not actually only oversized card, but they get an actual painting of an Eternal relevant card. So in the past, you got stuff like Power 9, Dual Lands, that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. And 
Yeah, and that's really cool because this year we can fight for them online because, you know, COVID and everything. So we don't do, do that like gathering thing. We just do the magic thing. And yeah, there's going to be Caracas, Roshade and Port, Maze of Ith. <laughs> we're, we're like 15 years late on that one, but okay. <laughs> yeah. For Legacy. You know what's a great Legacy vintage. card? Maze of Ith. <laughs> Rhino, one day, man. It's only going to be another five years. I'll be recognized. And for Vintage? We got Tolarian Academy, Library of Alexandria, Mishra's Workshop. Okay, no, that's something. That's a big that's thing. Because <laughs> people love these paintings, right? They go for a lot of money. And especially if they're playable, they've had, I guess they've had Moxon and Duels for a lot of them before. So now these are all pretty big game as well. Yeah. So. I, I have some information from people who sold those. I think somebody sold an Underground Seed, whom I asked, and somebody sold Power. And I think it was up to $10,000 for, yeah. for the actual painting. <laughs> it was so funny because that's then I asked spicy. them, okay, uh, so you got nothing to keep. They were like, oh, they, they still give you like a tiny painting. Not the original one, but still another one. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then that person told me, I sold that one as well. <laughs> I have no honor. I don't need I any only memory know of this. One language. I just need the cash. <laughs> yeah. That is money. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's going to be thing. And the coolest thing is that you are going to get God accounts. So you pay $25 per event. Uh, the events are going to be October 16th, 17th, 18th for Legacy. And 24th. Another one on 24th and 25th for, for Vintage. So actually the weekend this podcast comes out, it's going to be Legacy. And you pay $25 and you get a God account starting this Monday, actually. I, I actually have a God account now and I've, I played a match of Vintage before the podcast. It's live now. I bought a ticket. Oh, that's cool. I bought a ticket for, I'm not sure which day I can play. I think I'm going to try and play two of the Legacy ones this weekend. I need to find a deck I like. I think I think I'm kind of leaning to testing shark still. I like the deck a lot. I like the play patterns. I think I I think it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to do Friday and Saturday maybe. We'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, got accounts alive. It's sweet. If you, if you could pick, would you would you want to win the Caracast or Shaden Port or the Maze? I'd want the port. Maze of Earth. Maze nah, of Earth. Port. 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 That's eh, fine. I put the artwork in. Which 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 one do you like the best? Just by the artwork, not by the card. Oh, Port. Oh, actually, Maze is really sweet. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm Maze saying. Maze is really good. No, I like the port. It's just cool. It, look, it reminds me of Venice as well, actually. That's true. And Venice is known for tapping your lands, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Actually, the Krakus is really cool as well. They're all, they're all yeah. good. I also really like the vintage ones. Like yeah. I, I'm not too big of a fan of the Mishra's Workshop one. No, I was about I, to say. The Mishra's Workshop one looks like something from um, Kaladesh artwork. Bit, yeah. Yeah. But the library is awesome. The academy is awesome. Yeah, on the whole, they're really cool. So I'll try and play some vintage ones as well. I think. Are you gonna play? Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to be play- if I'm allowed to be played. Oh <laughs> if yes. I'm allowed to play. True. Because Anurag Das and I, um, we're actually gonna do coverage for it. This is something we've been wanting to do for like many, many years. Every time there was a big event, we were telling wizards, "Hey, if you could give us access to those replays, we could actually like share that with the community. It's gonna be insane." And this is the first year we are actually going to do it, and I'm so excited for it. I, like I said, I I'm I'm, don't even know if I'm allowed to play, but I don't even care that much about it. I just want to do the coverage thing, because that's it's not going to be live coverage, but we're going to release those. Expect them like the Thursday after the event. We, we're not sure on that quite yet. It's going to de- uh, depend on a couple of things, but you will be able to watch coverage of these events. Is it because they don't trust you to be live? They're like, oh man, last time. Oh. Well, I've, I've signed a contract, so I can't tell you anything about it without murdering you. <laughs> That's not very exciting, I know. But I, I guess the first part is not very exciting, the second part. It's, it's really exciting <laughs> you're doing it, though. Like, I'm, 
honestly, I'm not a huge fan of non-live coverage myself, but knowing you and Anareg and what you do and the enthusiasm you have for the game, I'm going to watch all of it. Unless there's like videos of me punting and losing and stuff it's gonna be terrible Dude, if you if you punt and still win the finals i guess it's gonna be fine for you i'll take okay fine i'll take that but otherwise yeah we'll see but yeah, yeah. I'm, i'm really excited to watch all of that it's gonna be in sweet. a way it's also gonna be really great like if we can do a good job and provide some good quality and then the community reacts accordingly and they're like oh my god this was amazing you know that really increases the chance of us being able to do stuff like that in the future that, that's yeah. how it always works right when when wizards like reaches out to somebody and they're like hey we want to try that and that that really catches on i mean fingers crossed <laughs> these, these um like god account accounts um events have been such a hit as well from what i can tell i think i saw like a wizards representative say that they went a lot better than they thought and public reactions from what i can tell on twitter and everywhere they love them I mean, obviously god accounts is so great i wish that they could make mtgo like a subscription kind of service but yeah. it's really cool just to have these separate events on there and now this is in this new one's integrated into magic online so you just go to the store you buy a 25 ticket and then you don't need to go through emails and tokens and stuff you just have the god account it links it up so it's really hassle-free and uh you get to play in these cool events so honestly this yeah. might be the future of magic online I because so. it's so popular people get so excited for it i could even see well i guess matt doesn't have experience with this I, you do have some experience with the software right but people love your house stuff at my yeah you fell asleep like right as we were about to start the league but yeah okay <laughs> i think i had that as well. <laughs> yeah okay Caleb, how does it actually work do you, do you get like a separate account that you look into or does it like add all the cards to your current account and they are just like not tradable or something yep exactly the the latter so i'm on i have it open in front of me now whitefaces account and this is where i bought the token and then when you have that you can make a new deck and you can just drag every card in there oh that's so convenient yeah so literally everything is there um there's some things there's some things you don't have access to so because i said i played a vintage thing you don't get the nice art power nine which is a shame you also do not get the secret layers so you can't play pickle rick and uh <laughs> glenn and elenge art mage and stuff oh wow you can't play glenn that's a deal breaker i, I would I, like I would play that if I was gonna play vintage. I would play that on paradoxical outcome. Uh huh. It's all but, about um, the yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a funny troll. The whole legacy community was upset about these cards. And then it's like, okay, okay, okay. Here's God accounts, but you can't play with these cards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably like just a way for them to really yeah. squeeze the last bit of money out of people. Maybe I I, I don't think things. they expect them to be legacy like wanted anyway and they probably just have some things where either new stuff or exclusive stuff they have something that stops everything being available i don't really understand why it seems silly but yeah, yeah. they're probably like that covid stimulus money mm, we can get in on mm, a piece of that yeah you know how it worked for me when i had my first god account a couple of years ago for because i was like i, I was the replacement player for one of the, the winter super league teams oh yeah and they ended up never needing me but they still gave me a god account And it was the worst thing ever. <laughs> because the way it worked is you get you get a token for every set ever printed in your Magic Online oh, account. God. And then you have to manually open about, I don't know, 100 something tokens because there's like this. special event set and that and that and that. And yeah. you have to right click that, open. And you can't open all, which is like the thing you can do, right? But That's it's different awful. types. And every opening took like, I don't know, 10 seconds or something. And like, oh my God. <laughs> But they so, fixed it apparently. Yeah, I mean, this is we give Magic Online a lot of crap, but this this is just amazing. 
I just bought it, and within seconds, my account has access to every card. So, yeah. yeah I also, I also really just, just for checked that. for you. Glenn's are one and a half tickets, and Rick's are three. Okay, not going to buy that in principle. No, seriously, that, that, that's, I mean, it's still vintage, right? People, yeah. People can afford that. Yeah, so if I, if I can play, I, I would really love to play, but I'm probably, like, first of all, well, I'm, I'm going to find out. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to find out. I'm also going to be really busy with pre-producing coverage and totally. everything. But I'm excited for that. Uh, the only thing is, I probably, like, should mention that now, so people don't expect it. We won't be able to see players' hands. That That's unfortunate, but that's just, like, the way it works um, on Magic Online. Unless you give me your password. <laughs> I, I think I think it's quite fun. I think we're so spoilt by seeing coverage from, like, both players' hands. And it's probably preferable, fair enough. But um, I kind of enjoy watching it without it. So you're trying to guess, like, what the How players have playing, in their hands right? and stuff. What it makes you more engaged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it feels more engaging to me if if you're in the mood for that. Sometimes you just want to watch and not think too much as well. It's how the early like TG's live and stuff coverage worked like ten years ago or something. Nobody knew anything. You could barely see the cards. And like old SCGs, they could they couldn't see the cards, and the commentators would be trying to guess and stuff. And yeah, I think it's fine. I think people might kick up a bit of a shtick about it, but it's not as bad as it sounds for me. Yeah, I'll definitely going to add a little bit to the excitement for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah i think that that's gonna be it for us today you guys got anything to say like what, what's the most broken thing in legacy and vintage to- so if anybody's listening okay th- this is a really good one okay. if anybody just bought a god account because they got excited for legacy and vintage and they're like okay i actually don't know what to play in those formats what would you tell those people to play depends like what you're good with and what you enjoy i, I think a lot of people agree that Rug Delver is the best deck and it's the place to go to. So it's been consistently putting up a, uh, results in like every premier event and challenge and stuff. So Rug Delver, I expect to be popular. That's the go-to best deck. Uh, Snowco is always popular. It, it actually has been performing better than like control decks historically do and stuff. So it's another one. I think we'll see a lot of Hogak in the events because it's a deck we've spoken about in the last few episodes. It just... It's always doing well in that kind of PTQ events where you find the grinders that don't have a special attachment to blue cantrip kind of style decks. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Hogak do well. Um, there's just other good decks as well. Like, so Esper Vile is still very good. Elves is very good, as you've said. Combo decks feel like they've... They used to be quite good against Delver, but Arcanist kind of swings combo in that way. So combo decks are still there. They're ridiculously powerful. You've got Omnitel, you've got Reanimator, Steak and Show... Uh, depth space decks so they're still very strong i think delver's just kind of helping to keep them down a bit but um i don't know i'm pretty happy where legacy is it seems fun honestly like it's pretty open delver is that bit above but yeah so now i'm standing right in front of you Caleb, and yeah. i'm mr or mrs or like random grinder <laughs> and i'm like okay i'm just here to do well in these events and I don't have any experience with Legacy, but I want to play something that's powerful. And you got to tell me right now exactly which deck I should play. Rug Delver, then. Okay, cool. I, I, think, I would tell them Hogak. I think Hogak's hard. It depends how long you have to like try it out in leagues first. Hogak is also yeah. very good. And if you have any experience with it from playing Modern as well, then it is it is quite similar. You have the same Altar of Madness, Altar of Dementia combo and stuff. Um, yeah, Hogak is my second deck to recommend, I think. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. I would just... say, like, Assault Formation Aggro, probably. <laughs> assault Formation? Is that, like, one of your Epsign cards? That's the, uh, that's one of the ones that, uh, is, like, Rolling Stones, right? 
It allows walls to attack, and it's Doran and Rolling Stones together in a single card. Hot damn. Well, obviously, it's amazing. How can one card have such an amazing name and do so little? <laughs> oh, it does two things. That's not so little. Oh, and it pumps, too. It actually has an activated ability as well. It's a, it's, it's a tank. It means business. <laughs> what about you, Julian? What would you recommend? For as little as I know about Vintage, I would really just go play Bug Midrange. Something Bug, that's why Chairman, because that's the closest to, to like the magic you're used to that you're going to get. And it's still like one of the best decks in the format from everything I understand. That's exactly why uh, I have loaded up in that Vintage League I just mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> Bug. Good stuff. Seems sweet. Yeah. Awesome. So, guys, uh, we're going to call it a day here, I think. Uh, I'm going to jump to some Borderlands now, man. I've nice. been really, really enjoying playing single-player games just for my own personal private enjoyment, and that's that's amazing. I, I'm really, really... Also, oh, oh, and speaking of, I just played my first game of Among Us. You actually invited me to, to your Br British-French friend slash French group, I think, last yep. night, yep. and that was amazing. It's so fun. That was really amazing. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can like do it in a way like if, if you guys are down that we just like share with the that Discord with our Discord. Yeah. If, if that's like an idea. Yeah, it's because all my friends there they love playing it. I loved your reaction though, because you were like, Okay, so guys, we should know by now. So you've been watching all the streamers who are like pretty good and we are just terrible. <laughs> like uh <laughs> I think yesterday was my third time playing it. And honestly, I I've watched some streams, but I like kind of working stuff out on my own, so I have no idea how tasks work. I don't know what to do on them. So I got kicked off yesterday before you joined because I was trying to work out how one of the tasks works and I couldn't do it because I'm an idiot. And uh, <laughs> and so someone came up to me and was like, okay, Callum wasn't doing the task. He must be the imposter. I was like, no, I just couldn't work it out. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, it was funny because we were all terrible. But Yeah, yeah. It's also like it's so much more complicated than you think it is when you watch it. Like when you watch it, it's like, oh my God, it's so clear. You got to do this, you got to do that. And it's that person. Yeah. But then as you play, it's like, oh, way too much input. <laughs> Which so, yeah. is kind of weird for a game that only has like two functions. And if you're crew, you only have for like one function, I guess. Yeah, totally. It was fun. <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's, I don't know if you've seen it for a while, but in our Discord, uh, if you sign up for the Patreon, we have the uh, Everyday Eternal Discord and we, we have an Among Us channel, which we're going to set up some games soon. And you can see me be an idiot and bumble around and walk over dead bodies and not report them as I've done as well. So, As long as you don't steal my lime green, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Because oh, in yeah. the first game I joined, you were lime green and I had to be yellow. And ah, that oh, didn't feel right. Okay, I, I can change. I don't mind. Although, <laughs> I will just say I killed, you, I killed you straight away in our second game, which was great. Yeah, and I knew it. I knew it. I went straight <laughs> to like weapons, I think. And from there, I went to navigation. And yeah. I was like, this guy is going to kill me. And then you went it out. And then you didn't even remember you went it out. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is our level so if you've never played before as well and fancy playing this is literally our level i i don't know what i'm doing it's great <laughs> awesome so yeah that, that uh, you already mentioned it there we do have a patreon we do have a discord and if you're going to get access to that or if you just like want to support the show there's many ways to do that the easiest way is to really just get the word out. Let your friends know that there's this Eternal podcast that's called Everyday Eternal and or if you want to know about something like long time. <laughs> yeah if you want to more, learn more about the Gospel of Sea Trino, that's also what we do every once in a while. If you want to do something else, you can support us on patreon.com slash everydayeternal. You can become a patreon in various tiers. Our new logo, I've actually been looking into, into that and it should be finished hopefully in November. Like Actually, definitely in November, but hopefully like in the beginning of November. And then um, I know I owe you guys a lot of t-shirts by now and those are going to be sent out really soon, like right after the logo hits. I know some of you requested ones with the old logo. And yeah, we're, we're going to honor that as well. But new logo, pixel art, going to be amazing. Really looking forward to that. 
And the last thing, if you want to make it easier for not just your friends, <laughs> but also your enemies <laughs> or like anyone <laughs> in the world to, to find the podcast, <laughs> you can leave a review on iTunes. So if you go to iTunes and you leave a review for us there, that, that really helps us out. That's going to put us like high up in the list. Every day, uh, every week I get like a thingy that tells me, hey, you're the number seven gaming podcast in, I don't know, this country and that country. And it's like, whoa, I didn't even know. Like, did, did I tell you that like some week we were like the 27th biggest gaming podcast in Japan? There must be something wrong with the algorithm. Yeah, and no way at all something, I think. It, it was really weird. I think it's, it, it must be like because we're English or something and maybe they don't listen to like English-speaking podcasts. Mm, that, but even then, I can't imagine us being... But maybe You are the third thing. biggest podcast on the third Tuesday of the month in <laughs> Indonesia. It's like, okay, you are great. the biggest podcast in the world. <laughs> okay, I don't need your services anymore then. Thank you very much. <laughs> You have achieved greatness. No. A lot of people actually do help us achieve greatness. On our eternal witness tier, we have Valerio, Tommy Hinks, Trent Browers, and out of on our top Grizzlebrand tier, we got Nick Victor Bernans, Baju Butts, Scott Monroe, Kulish Aliste, Jeremy Gates, Martin Nielsen, Eugene Freeman, and Henrik Korkutz. We also got a new Patreon this week. I put his name in bright red letters at the very beginning of the show notes and then i once again didn't see it i don't know like how big i need to make those names to mention at the beginning but moritz vogel thank you so much for joining us on the eternal witness tier and becoming part of the community so gonna call it what are you guys up to what are you guys gonna do for the rest of the day uh gonna finish my vintage league then got into testing some sharks still i think yeah sharks that's good i'm shocking right shark Matt. And, and Matt? I'm honestly probably going to go see the new Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet, while movie theaters still exist. I heard a lot of good things, or, or rather like excited that, that it's going to be interesting. I actually don't even know what it's about in the first place at all. I, I like to it's a time travel movie. About a movie. I could have oh, guessed. Okay. It's a Christopher Nolan movie, therefore there's probably time travel. <laughs> and I was right. Some sort of travel. So that's pretty good. Um, awesome. I'll tell you how it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably not going to go to a movie theater anytime soon, but there's ways to watch stuff, right? Nobody's saying anything. You've never in, like <laughs> engaged in the act of piracy. I, no, I may have. I may have sailed the high seas in my I've, time. I've never heard of the internet before in my life. <laughs> yeah, that, it's gonna go away. It's just like a trend. Like whatever, man. <laughs> so thank you so much, everybody, and yeah, see you again for the next show. Bye-bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye.